0: We know that poor nutrition and lack of physical activity can exacerbate stress. So if you're already stressed out because you're in the middle of a pandemic, let's take a look at what are you eating and are you moving your body?
1: There are a lot of people out there trying to lose weight that are eating way too few carbs and way too much protein.
2: And thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast and, uh, it's, uh, it's getting hot. It's uh, almost officially summer in about a week or two from now, but uh, definitely feeling like it down here in Georgia. I'm Jason Dennis, your host, a local TV news anchor, as we talk on a weekly basis about fitness and faith. If you missed our last episode, it was with Pastor Michael Grant Jr., an African-American pastor who is also a former NFL football player. and We talked about racism in America today and what to do about it and and um, you know, how to process it, because uh, you still have the protests going on all across the nation, because of not only what happened to George Floyd, but the racial injustices we continue to see uh, throughout the United States, and uh, the world is watching, and uh, this is our moment to really change things for the better. And uh, I found something from, uh, speaking of the NFL, uh, former uh, coach Tony Dungy, a uh, strong Christian, he talked about You know, what happened to George Floyd was inexcusable, and right now America is in a very sad place. There needs to be justice, not only for Floyd, but so many other people when there's police brutality, all kinds of things. And I'm going to read a quote from him. He says, today we are a divided country. We're divided racially, politically, and socioeconomically. And Satan is laughing at us because that's exactly what he wants, dysfunction, mistrust, and hatred. Help this kingdom flourish. Well, what's the answer then? I believe it has to start with those of us who claim to be Christians. We have to come to the forefront and demonstrate the qualities of the one we claim to follow, Jesus Christ. And Coach Dungy goes on to say that it needs to be not just African American churches; needs to be all churches. We have to be able to come together and fight against, um, uh, you know, evil, fight against Satan and his kingdom of spiritual darkness. Those are great words, great message from Coach Tony Dungy, and I feel like that we can all come together and be a part of this, uh, be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. And uh, you know uh, one thing that uh, one problem folks have had these days in terms of fitness is the fact that uh, we have uh, we have gained weight during this pandemic. Uh, some people are calling it the quarantine fifteen, and uh, we talk about fitness on this uh, podcast. So the guests for today are a husband and wife combo, a team Dayton and Karen Preston, who recently started the Preston Wellness Company based here in Columbus, Georgia, and they offer what they call tried and true approaches with. Approaches Programs that get results, and so I just wanted to give you a little background both of them before we start our conversation. Um, I'm I'm talking to them today about, you know, uh, not only that weight gain that maybe you've had over the last few weeks, uh, and maybe wanting that beach body. We also talk about spiritual wellness, how that affects your physical health, combating anxiety. Um, Is diet really a bad word, and is exercise worth it? Those are some important questions. There, they also talk a lot about being heart healthy. And sleepy enough. Well, Dayton Preston has his uh, bachelor's in science and education degree in exercise science. And uh, he uh, has also been to the American College of Sports Medicine. He worked uh, numerous years with AT&T in employee health promotion and has worked more than 20 years as a corporate wellness consultant at various hospitals and Cessna aircraft and, and uh, uh, services provided for AFLAC and TSIS, major corporations here in this area. He's noticed really a monumental need to educate people on how to get wellness right and avoid the pitfalls of this hyped junk science, maybe some of those diets that we're going to be talking about. And then his wife, Karen Preston, she has a bachelor's in science degree in exercise science, years of experience as a fitness and wellness specialist, also a certified cancer exercise specialist. She's uh, been a part of extensive studies on weight control, fitness, sleep, and stress, also has a decade of experience as a professional dance instructor. Here's what they had to say. Welcome uh, Dayton and Karen Preston to the uh, podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming by.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, Yeah, we're glad to be
2: here. Your your temperature checks passed, so you you made it safely into the building here. And um, uh, I want to first say uh, happy wedding anniversary. You guys have been married today 21 years, right?
0: Yes, 21 years today.
2: Wow, congratulations. Thank you. So we want to start with the fast forward. I know you guys split up the questions of who's going to answer what. So we're going to start Dayton with you. What is your job description at work and at home?
1: Okay. So at work, my job description is a corporate wellness consultant. Uh, I work with companies in developing employee wellness programs. And the kind of idea behind that is creating a healthy workforce that's low cost to maintain by using medical uh, trends appropriately. And that's what I do at my day job. And then the other part of it is uh, husband and father to a 16 uh, year
2: old. That sounds. That's a full time job. Man. Yeah, that's my that's my at home <laughs> work. Yes. And then how do you stay you know, personally stay physically fit?
1: I've been in athletics all my life. So I've always been, uh, you know, in in a fitness center in one way or another and being in the realm of working with employee wellness. I, I'm around it. So uh, it's either in a fitness center or I like doing a lot outside. So I bike a lot. I used to do a lot of triathlons and I'd get out of the water in the middle. I'd always get up front on the bike, and I'd get passed by half the pack on the run. So (laughs) I said, I'm going to go into biking and see if I can do well with that because I don't really like racing unless I think I can get on the podium. (laughs) So biking is my my go-to.
2: Yeah, you're very competitive. That's good. Yes. Um, So, Karen, you get the next two. So do you have a spiritual motto or maybe a – Uh, a Bible verse that's one of your favorites that you live by?
0: I do, actually. Um, It's short and sweet, and it's my my go-to. It is be still and know that I am God. And I really focus on those first two words, be still. So when anxiety creeps up, panic creeps up, overwhelm, um, like most women, I think they can relate to that. The first thing I feel like everybody needs to do is just kind of be still and sit with it and know that God is there.
2: Yeah, perfect for what's happening right now in the pandemic. Definitely, yes. And what is something unique about you?
0: Well, how long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I could list a lot of things. After 21 years, I can tell you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one of the most unique things about me especially being in the wellness industry, is that um, I've had a chance to work with a lot of different demographics. And I think I have a unique sense of being able to relate to people across all spectrums. So no matter what their fitness level is, I can kind of hone in on what will and will not work for them so that they're not wasting their time, money and effort on things that it won't work. So whether they have chronic conditions, um, limitations with, you know, their joints, um, I'm kind of able to pick apart what is going to work best for them.
2: Because for a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, time is money. So. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And
0: people waste a lot of time on things that aren't going to work for them. So. For I, sure, yeah. I and like s- to help them out.
2: For sure. And speaking of that, you know, as, as both of you, kind of the team, husband and wife, as wellness consultants, um, you know, in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic, have you seen, you know, changes in people's health and their bodies uh, amidst the quarantine, maybe for better or for worse?
1: It's funny. It's kind of a double-sided coin. You see some people who have just become total couch potatoes uh, sitting at home and uh, ordering takeout or or curbside as much as possible. But you also see the people that uh, are engaging in more physical activity, for example. If you go to one of the uh, department stores now or one of the chain stores and try to find a bicycle on the rack, you can't find one. Uh, People are buying stuff. They're getting out their... uh, You know, in recreational activities more than they used to be. So I think it's kind of a double-sided coin. I think what it comes down to is it kind of exacerbates where you were before the pandemic started. If you were kind of lazy by nature, then you probably got a little more lazy. But if you were engaged in activity, you probably looked at as an opportunity to get out and even do more. So we're trying to take the people who maybe are getting in the lazy realm and uh, move them more towards, hey, you've got a little more... You know, free time possibly to get out and do some things, whether it's in the yard or at home or whatever.
2: So, Karen, anything to add to that in terms of how people are, you know, living or maybe trying to stay healthy in the midst of all this?
0: Yeah, it's actually been interesting. I kind of, you know, watch social media and look at some of the trends on there. And you see people just really going after it on their fitness routines, you know, following well, I don't know if it's a good thing, but suddenly everybody's an expert in wanting to, you know, put out fitness routines out there for people to follow. And sometimes it's good, you know, if it, if it works for the person. But I always say check your sources first. There are a lot of free things out there now for people to do at home. Um, I know a lot of fitness companies are doing free workouts at home, so that's good to see people doing that. Um, another refreshing thing for me has been seeing families. Um, doing physical activity together, you know, whether it's in at home or outside, you know, it's, it's nice to see people going outside and going on walks with their kids and engaging in that. Um, but yeah, being at home all day means you're close to food all day. And, uh, if you don't already have something in place to, you know, help you with your snacking, um, that could be a problem. So I think that's definitely something that people are struggling with is just being around food all day. If They didn't have the willpower before it's going to be really hard right now.
2: Yeah. And you were talking about, um, earlier being still and knowing that he is God and, um, you know, we, we have anxiety that is, uh, exacerbated it seems by this pandemic. So with the added stress of this new normal, um, you have any advice for people in terms of how to, how to get back on track and, and not only with mental health, but also with, Maybe they want to, you know, they've gained some weight during all this.
0: Yes. So if you have gained weight during the pandemic, you are not alone. So that (laughs) should be comforting comforting first. Uh, uh, But yes, to be still. So recognize what can you change. And people say, well, you know, when is a good time to start? And I always tell everybody, every day is a great day to start being healthier. Um, So forget about what you've done in the past. Let's start today. And what kind of changes can you make? today. So when it comes to stress, we know that poor nutrition and lack of physical activity can exacerbate stress. So if you're already stressed out, because you're in the middle of a pandemic, let's take a look at what are you eating? And are you moving your body and address those two things. And then I think Dayton probably has some more to add to that.
1: Yeah, we we try to teach a comprehensive approach to all of these things. And a good example would be uh, sleep out of the gate. A lot of people don't understand the uh, impact that has on all of the areas that you're trying to focus on. So when you mention weight loss as an example, uh, that usually doesn't come to mind for people in a weight loss program. Is Let me think about my sleep. But if you look at the rollover, sleep will create fatigue. It will create higher levels of stress. It will demotivate you to get the exercise in that you need. Um, everything starts rolling in the wrong direction. A lot of people turn to food for stress, which may be caused by fatigue, which is caused by a lack of sleep. So we need to get to the point to where we are looking at how do we stack these actions together to get them to work together? Sleep, stress, nutrition, and exercise are the four major components that we try to try to teach people.
2: Yeah, because you hear about this uh, COVID nineteen. Maybe people have gained nineteen pounds, or the the quarantine fifteen, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's easy to do. Um, but there are people on the other side too that are. Maybe losing weight. Maybe they've gotten more fit during all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and you know, uh, obviously, we're going into summer now. Memorial Day has passed. We want to have that beach body? So, what would you guys say in terms of you know planning for that? Um, is it is it too late? Because I mean, now that we're in, you know in in June or, or entering June, is it too late to work on that beach body?
0: I'm, I'm going to go back to, to what I what I said was every day is a great pla- is a great day to start. So it's not too late and understanding that wellness is not seasonal. So, you know, stopping and starting is not going to contribute to your overall wellness. And yes, we all want to look good, you know, on the beach in a bathing suit. But you got to look at that as kind of like the benefits of what happens when you're healthy. So, you know, going back to the nutrition and the physical activity, focus on that and how you feel. And know that You know, if you're at the beach and you have a body, you have the beach body. (laughs) That's good enough. So, and if if that's the only thing you focus on, then you're missing the point. So I'm kind of like a tough love person when it comes to that. Um, I know that when I feel better, I can look in the mirror and I just, I feel like I look better. So I really focus on that part first. Um, We cover
1: that in one of the mindset uh, sessions that we talk about, and that is, it's a good example if you say, well, it's too late. I'm just going to go ahead and give up. Maybe I missed my New Year's resolution or maybe I missed my uh, beach trip in planning and prepping. So the question that comes to mind is okay, well, what are you going to do now? What are you going to, are you going to wait until next spring to start? Uh, there's no reason, there's no reason to not start immediately. Uh, we want to make sure that we get in their mindset that uh, it's not, the, the look is more of a byproduct. Of really what you should try try to be getting out of your weight loss program. It should be that you're feeling better, you're functioning better, all your health risks are changing for the better. And those are the top three. And getting into a smaller size, you know, uh, bikini or swimsuit needs to be on the back end of those,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's something that you know, the aesthetics of it, but you know, it's it's um, like you said, it's it's a byproduct of being healthy overall, right. what you eat and your your activity levels, right. that kind of thing. And you know, uh, you know, the mental, spiritual side of all this is a big component as well. Uh, for for folks, just overall wellness. So, how do you guys think religious faith, church, you know, whatever people you know, personally believe, how does that play a role in a person's overall wellness? Maybe even you know their weight as well. And I, I know, date, you can get a chance to answer the original question I asked Karen. So, because you, for you, and you have a favorite Bible verse as well, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, mine is on and off the subject. I guess I guess all of the Bible verses are on the subject if you look <laughs> at them deep enough. But mine's Genesis one one, you know, in the beginning. God created all of this. And yes. I've studied apologetics quite a bit. And uh, it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does a Christian. If you yeah. look at true history and you look at true science. So for me, knowing that uh, that has happened, knowing that we were created, it's kind of a motivation that you need to take care of this body that you got. It was given to you as a gift, and uh, it's a, a temple. So you need to take care of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and so do you guys think that faith kind of pl- plays a role in terms of what you believe and, and kind of that spirituality along with kind of if you're out running or working out or eating nutritiously, you know, taking care of things.
0: I think I think it gives it um, a lot of a lot of weight. Pen, no pun intended <laughs> on, the, on the weight thing, but if you believe in something, like Dayton said body is a gift. And how do you treat a gift that somebody has has given you? Um, So, you know, do you want to destroy it? Or do you want to take care of it and build it up? So I think for for us, um, as Christians, faith plays a very important role in how we see, um, you know, living healthy lives. But I think it does for other people as well. And if it doesn't, maybe that's something that they should look towards. It helps with, uh, you know, being able to believe in something helps with anxiety and feelings of overwhelm and, um, stress you know, management, yeah, stress management, which, you know, stress can lead to excess weight and kind of going back to what we said, it's kind of can have this snowball effect if you don't get everything in order.
2: Um, and you were talking earlier about depression and anxiety. That's definitely, it seems to be, and, and I think the stats prove it, that it's been on the rise during this COVID-19 pandemic uh, with all the cases and changes. So so how do we combat that? Because, I mean, it seems like we're in this new normal and we're kind of getting back to normal, but it's, it may never change, you know, back mm-hmm. to where it was. So how do you, how would you, how would you talk to people about, you know, I am worried about this and, and it's affecting, you know, me and being able to be active and eat right.
1: Well, one of the, one of the things we recently did for a, a hospital, they wanted some information on what does back to work look like, because a lot of people are nervous about going back and, and being around a lot of folks. So we did a, um, an immune system function uh, education video. And it was talking about the main thing that we need to do is take care of ourselves to the point to where we uh, set up the best safeguards for first catching a virus, but not with uh, false assumptions that we're not going to catch a virus. I mean, the body lives that way, but let's, uh, let's build up some immunity. And if we do get it, let's have our immune system as functional as possible, as strong as possible in order to be able to deal with it. Well, how do we do that? It's the four components we missed. Stress plays a major role and immune system function, sleep as well. Sleep is our recovery for a lot of different things. And then the exercise release that we've got, and then the nutrition, of course, plays a big part in cell health, a lot of different things out there. So we, we need to stack all those and make the body as resilient as possible.
2: Yeah, and I, Karen, I think I was reading some of your description of your bio, You're talking about how you have things where you can relate and empathize. So I know we all go through things. Have you gone through struggles where you can kind of say, hey, listen, I've I've been there. Maybe not exactly where you're at, but I understand what you're going through.
0: Definitely. I've had a few instances throughout my life that um, were somewhat traumatic. And, you know, things like I watched my father have a heart attack when he was 48. And I was only eight years old, he survived for another 20 years. But I think it was, it was at that point that I knew, um, I became very aware of what it means to be healthy, and what it means to be unhealthy. And so that was stressful. Uh, I had a little bit of, I guess, baby blues after our son was born. So I dealt with some a little bit mild depression then. So I can kind of relate to what, you know, is going on, especially as a woman, in your mind, we want to take care of everybody. And, you know, thinking that your loved ones are going to be sick is stressful and can create anxiety. So there are things that you can do that don't involve medication that can help with stress and and depression. Um, Meditation is important. Yoga has been fantastic for me. Um, My faith is very important. But when you also kind of shift your focus to how am I eating? And am I using my body appropriately? Well, you've shifted your focus. And by doing that, you've shifted the focus away from that anxiety. So that's one reason it's so important. Um, There are some, you know, some supplements that you can take that can help. There's some great amino acids that are calming, there's some maybe you're deficient in certain vitamins and we know that um gut health is very important you know your gut is your second brain so you know taking care of your gut with eating properly and probiotics and those types of things
1: she left out the anxiety our son's taking pilot lessons Oh. So all you have to do is watch her, watch him fly. As a sixteen-year-old, yes, yes, and you can see the anxiety when she's watching him
2: fly. It's hard enough when they're, <laughs> when, they're when they're when they're out driving. Yeah, but so we got driving
1: air. and pilot lessons at the same time. His,
0: his first time in an airplane, he flew it. So I think, yeah, I'm not sure what i did that morning I, I drank it, yeah. some calming tea I'm sure yeah so she's <laughs> a, a pro tea. in the
1: in the calming down anxiety
2: with just, just sat in a room in the dark and just <laughs> like quiet you yeah. know <laughs> and
0: and the thing is he's bound and determined to solo and, and be a pilot and i have to be okay with that so um you know that's something that i'll i'll deal with and i'll get over it and you know he's going to be in god's hands up up there in the air but i do want to say too sometimes people do have to turn to medications. And, you know, it's important to speak to your doctor and see the right, you know, clinicians. And don't beat yourself up if that's something that you have to do. I just want everybody to know that it's okay. It might be for a short time. Um, You know, think about what the side effects are, always have informed consent, and know that maybe it's not forever, and you can do the other things to help. And, you know, it's okay.
2: Yeah. Cause there's counseling and, and sometimes, you know, people, I know for me, I do a lot of running and that's good for mental health. You know, you're kind of running mm-hmm. the sweating out the, the toxins and kind of getting out some of the stuff, you know, and it gives you time to think as well. And, mm-hmm. and I think you guys were talking earlier about, you know, your body is a temple and how it talks about that in the Bible. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about our witness as Christians or whatever, and having, you know, being a a healthy body and being, you know, filled with more joy, more energy, that can be a witness in itself and and kind of showing people that, listen, I'm living life to the fullest. I have my, you know, set amount of time on earth and that's it, you know. And
1: you make them want to be like you. So then they (laughs) open up their ears to what are you doing to you know, get to that point.
2: Yeah and, you, yeah. and what maybe hopefully gives you an opportunity, uh, a, maybe a platform to be able to share your faith, right, right. Perhaps something like that. Um, and, you know, um, you know, a lot of folks are, are sharing about how they want to go to the beach. I uh, saw some people recently go down there for Memorial Day weekend. I was jealous of them. Um, so, uh, you know, is, is weight loss a big deal? I mean, at this time of year, have you guys have been doing this for years and years uh, now that we're hitting into summer. Is that a Uh, a a focus on, you know, for, for people and what are some key specific things people can change about their eating habits? Because you always hear the, the D word diet, um, and people kind of try different diets. Is that, um, you know, is there maybe a better way to do it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say (laughs) that because it's, uh, it goes in cycles and you see, um, you see people in January, of course, with the new year's resolutions for a couple of weeks that usually falls off because it's still cold weather and then cover back up. But then the the <laughs> biggest time is usually in the uh, late spring and early summer because of those beach trips that they want to make a push for it. And so we try to say, OK, well, instead of a push, let's we can go and you know, we can pulse this out throughout the year, but let's not quit completely. There are ways that everybody should be concerned with. Uh, we like to call weight um, the term that people use for weight loss. We like to use the loss of non-essential body fat. When people lose weight, they lose water, they lose muscle, they lose fat. When you run, you probably lose a lot of water and your weight probably comes down quite a bit and then you got to drink it back on. So with that in mind, we tell people to always be conscious of uh, how much extra body fat you have, especially that abdominal fat. Abdominal obesity is what's causing problems with cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, organ dysfunction, certain cancers associated with obesity, it better identifies your risk. So with that in place, when we talk about some of the key factors that are out there that you want for weight management, if you want to term it that way, um, or a lot of people term it that way, is you've got to control your calories and you've got to balance your macronutrients. Now, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, you know, high protein or low carb." I mean, we've never really liked those terms because "low" is telling you it's below what is recommended. "High" is telling us above what is recommended. All the macronutrients have their place. They, we have needs for those. And a lot of people are. It's, it's, it's interesting to say in these days and times because of the diets that are out there, but there are a lot of people out there trying to lose weight that are eating way too few carbs and way too much protein. And they don't have an understanding of how that is handled in the body once it's digested. So we want to try to get them more on a plane of uh, eating well on a regular basis, balancing out the macronutrients and uh, very importantly on a weight loss program is getting your caloric expenditure above What your intake is, and that comes through metabolic function and whatever physical movements you're doing during the day.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and Karen, you know, is there a difference between men and women and what needs to be done to lose weight because there's I mean I don't know if it's a myth or not but you know, I hear friends of mine that are female say oh well it's easier for a guy to lose weight faster than you know, a woman whether that's you know scientifically true or not but what's what's the difference
0: yeah it's totally not fair <laughs> <laughs> it is not fair at all but it, but it is true men men do tend to lose weight a lot easier and faster than women um and there are a lot of that's a whole other science lesson. I think, <laughs> um, they also, they have more muscle, um, which muscle has burns more calories, um, than fat weight. So, you know, that's just one thing about being a man that's, you know, got a leg up on us there. And women and have, have babies. Yeah. Women, yeah. Can be a pro and yep. a con, right? Yep. <laughs> so, so when it comes to going back to like what you said about dieting and, you know, whatever you eat, that is your diet. So you know, I don't I don't like that word. But if that's what people want to use, I'm on a diet. I'm okay with that. But what's drives us absolutely crazy is that it's not that hard. But people want to make it so hard. And it's simple science. It's how many calories are you eating, and being accountable for that. So we're not going to ask people to count every single calorie, because that that's just cumbersome and nobody wants to do that. But you've got to have some idea. You've got to be accountable for something. Most people, and you may have heard this, they, you know, underestimate how many, how much they're actually eating and they overestimate how much they're actually working out. So that's just, you know... That's a train wreck right there.
2: So you need to be honest with yourself. You got to be
0: honest with yourself. And if you don't know how many calories you consume on a daily basis, you need to log it and figure it out. Because if you're, you know, if you weigh 150 pounds and you're consuming 3000 calories a day, which is not that hard to do, um, you're going to gain weight and you're just going to keep gaining. And, Uh, It's been funny, you know, in this pandemic, people working from home, they're just, you know, wearing whatever they want. And it's probably a lot of yoga pants and elastic waist things. And, you know, if you don't try to put on a pair of pants with a zipper and a button before too long, you might be really surprised that you're not going to be able to get that zipper up. (laughs) So I'm telling everybody, if it has been a month of wearing elastic pants, you need to go put on a pair of jeans and see what's happening. Because that weight can creep up very easily without you... even really knowing it. Yeah, and
2: yeah. I, I used to keep track on uh, MyFitnessPal. is an easy it's app. It's a that fantastic I, you know, app. Yeah, and, you mm-hmm. kinda, and it keeps track of carbs, sugars, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? It's
1: funny that we ask people to do an accountability check. And one of the greatest tools we've seen in the feedback and, and results that people have gotten has been to, when you're looking at the caloric intake and you're looking at the macronutrient balance, you know, are you eating too much of this or not enough of that? Um, we ask them to find their heavy hitters. So like saying, you know, not having to count every single calorie, figure out what habits you have that are causing the most detriment. Is it ice cream every night while you're on Netflix or is it a,
2: sounds you know, good to me? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or
1: it, do you have a, a, you know, a sweetened drink, you know, iced tea in Columbus, you can use using as an example, if you get a large iced tea, at a lot of the restaurants you're close to a couple hundred calories just in processed sugar. You have two drinks there, you got an extra meal in your day right there just in that. So that's just one example, but find the heavy hitters. And then instead of elimination, we like to do replacement. So we figure out what you can do that'll give you maybe not the same satisfaction, but it'll give you close to that satisfaction. But it's a much better choice in terms of, uh, being more nutrient-dense and being less in overall calories.
2: Yeah, or you can just run 30 to 40 miles a week, well, you, got, you know, and kind of eat what you want. <laughs> hey, it's funny, you know, that
1: is one of the main questions I get is is they say, uh, can, I, can I out-exercise a bad diet? I get that all the time. And the answer is is if you're a marathon runner, maybe, or if uh, if you're 20 years old, maybe yeah. you can. But yes. other than that, you're not going to do it. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that exercise is their modality for weight loss. And it's got to be there, but you need the right expectations of weight loss. So many people are are, are exercise. So many people stop exercising because they think it's going to make them lose all this weight. They don't, then they stop when they should be doing it anyway. They're increasing heart function. They're increasing functional ability, so many different things, but the weight generally comes through their food intake
2: yeah yeah and it's a simple science it's a big deal and and, yeah. and with that karen you were talking earlier uh, about the uh the dieting the, the d word that mm-hmm. we don't maybe always like to use and then there's fad diets out there you, you, you we've had them for decades and there's new ones that crop up the latest fad um is that a problem or can those be a good thing you know if because if, i mean sometimes people will lose this weight in like a month or, or two months and then then maybe they put it all back, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that happens. And that's been kind of the experience that I've seen among um, people I've known who've come to me and say, hey, you know, I did this diet. I lost this much weight. I've gained it all back. I want to do it again. And, you know, I want to re kind of retrain their brain on why do you like starting over, over, and over again? Yeah. Um, so when they lose weight on a diet, you know, say – Susie, I don't know who Susie is, but her name just came (laughs) to my mind. So Susie does, you know, this diet and she lost this much weight. And um, Sarah does this diet, another diet, and she lost this much weight. There's a common factor with both of those diets. And it's the fact that they were lower calorie than what Susie and Sarah were eating before. It's not that one diet was better than the other or one diet works. It's just that they were eating less. Now it might be a list of foods that whatever this diet company gave them. But I assure you that that list of foods was low calorie. And so people want it to be this, you know, this magic diet, this magic pill, but you can't change that science. It's just, it's just black and white. People don't want to accept that it's that easy.
2: Yeah. And is there a magic number? Because, you know, you hear about a two thousand calorie diet. You see that on the, the, the fine print, but for some people, is it 1,500, 2,500? I guess it depends on your the way your body type is. It depends on your
1: weight. Everything will be based on your weight. So you can do some uh, you can do some metabolic function or uh, calculations that are out there that will tell you exactly what you are. If my fitness pal has that. You know, they'll ask you to enter your sure. height, weight, and gender. What they're doing is they're factoring in for your workload, which is your w- current weight how many calories you're going to burn to sustain that workload throughout the day, just through, I mean, resting function all the way up to physical activity. Uh, The heavier you are, you're going to burn a lot more calories, especially during exercise. So with that in mind, you know, you have to look at, um, take your weight and a good number to shoot for is multiply that times 10. Try to eat around that number. But here's a very important point. We did a, a session on this general guidelines. If you take, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics for Nutrition, if you take the American College of Sports Medicine for exercise, everything that they'll tell you to do for weight loss, for example, is a general guideline for the general population. You have to take that, apply it, and then you have to make tweaks based on how your body responds. So if you're 150 pounds, like we were talking about, and you eat around 1,500 calories, if your sleep's not in check, your stress is not in check, your exercise is not in check, you may have to drop to 1,400 or maybe 1,300 but if you've got all that in place, then you're going to be able to eat a little bit more. So you got to listen to the body and make changes appropriately.
2: And if uh, food is 70, 80% of the game here in terms of your weight, um, some people may say, well, is it worth it to work out, to go to the gym, to go running or walking or whatever? But if, if it's really. Not having as much of an impact on my weight. It Absolutely. Is. Yeah. You c- yeah. you can
0: lose weight and still be unhealthy from a cardiovascular um, and a muscular standpoint. So exercise is very important. One endorphins, right? Happy people are. Happy sleep. People. Yeah. <laughs> promote <laughs> sleep. Promote yeah.
1: stress re- stress levels uh, but,
0: dropping. You know, your most important muscle is your heart people want to argue that they want to say, no, it's my gluteus maximus. I'm like, no, your most important (laughs) muscle is your heart. So we have to take care of it through cardiovascular exercise. And then we need functional ability. I've seen people who are younger than me and they're not able to, you know, get up and down off the floor or, um, move appropriately. They've lost mobility. They've lost range of motion. They get out of breath playing with their children and, Maybe they're not a large person. They might be a small person, but that is not okay. So their quality of life is going to diminish, and as they get older, it's just going to continue to get worse. So exercise is a key component for other things, but kind of like what Dayton said, when it comes to actual fat loss, um, calorie deficit that's that's what you really need to be focused on
1: and it, yeah, it goes back to those expectations so what you expect out of your exercise program it's not just that it's going to drop some weight it's going to do all those other things for you
2: yeah you don't have to go work out or for an hour or two hours i mean maybe 15 minutes can do the trick perhaps
1: yeah and you, what you want to do is again see how your body's responding because your age is going to be a factor your genetics your gender there's so many different things that are going to determine so each week you You stand in the mirror and you say, I'm stronger or I'm weaker than I was last week. I'm tighter or I'm looser. I'm able to function and move around better. And if your body is not changing in the right direction, every, every year you go in the wrong direction, you get a year older, whether you like it or not. (laughs) So if you can shorten that up and say, you know, each week or each month, I feel better than I was last week or last month. Um, that's, that's where you really want to focus.
2: And, you know, people worry about sometimes, you know, depending on their weight or their age or whatever, they worry about injuries or, or joint pain and, And uh, I I hear all the time from people that are maybe not runners or want to start, oh, my knees hurt, or I I can't do that because that'll mess up my hips or whatever else. So is that a legitimate concern people have about dealing with those things?
0: Definitely. And when people say, you know, I don't like to run, it, it hurts my knees. I say, okay, you don't have to run there are a lot of other things that, that you can do. You know, have we, let's try biking, let's try swimming. Um, let's try doing some strengthening um, of the legs so that maybe we can reduce the knee pain and then you can run. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where I kind of like to be a little detective and, and figure out well, what has not worked for them in the past and why do they have a block? You know, uh, people think that running, a lot of people think cardio, the only cardio exercise is running. Um, I am not a great runner, but I'm great on a bike Uh, and kind of same with Dayton. He's fantastic on a bike and that's kind of our thing.
1: There is a good point to that. A lot of people get pigeonholed into a certain exercise platform because their friends are doing it or they heard that it was the latest and greatest. Everybody's got to find their path and find what they look forward to. You look forward to running. Every time you run. Well, not every well, time, but yeah. most, most of the time. <laughs> but but about 75% yes, of the time. Yes, in general, you look forward to running. I look forward to biking. So uh, that's what they need to do. And everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to find something. Some people like inside. Some people like outside. I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And I've been uh, you know, involved in fitness centers and gyms and everything else over the years. And I hate working out inside. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. But I like to be outside. I like to get smelly and dirty and nasty outside, and that's that's my thing. But I understand that there are a lot of people who would rather be inside in the air conditioning and the controlled environment doing that, and that's great so, yeah. to each his own.
2: And I know you started with AT&T and, and then have been for the last two or three decades working with different hospitals and companies in terms of corporate wellness, and now you guys have joined forces. Uh, Preston Wellness Company, I guess is the yes. official mm-hmm. name. So uh, what you know, now that we're kind of – Reopening things again, business people are going back to work somewhat at the big corporations and that'll maybe trickle even more uh, come the fall. But does uh, corporate wellness, is it going to be different? I mean, look totally different than it did, say, three months ago for you guys and for the people that are, you know, maybe um, not, uh, you know, they, they have to social distance, perhaps? It
1: is, you know, and we get a lot of those questions. But when we uh, talk about things like uh, the education for the employees, they have to understand really what uh, they're getting into looking at the reality of okay you're going back to work you're not gonna breathe in the air and go home a zombie that afternoon there's there's things that we can do to make sure that everything's in place and where it needs to be we have faced viruses before a lot and you know there are arguments out there that we need to have the uh population that's not at risk out there building up immunity to this stuff. So getting back out, you know, there are some some possible advantages to that. We will see corporate America change a little bit in terms of what they're doing with employee wellness programs. I've always been a big advocate. A lot of wellness programs miss the clinical side of things. Uh, a lot of them turn more into a, a cheerleader platform as a fun benefit. What I've tried to do over the years, especially working with the hospital, is make it a tangible benefit to the company that they can see financial returns, and medical claims spent. That's good for the employee. It's good for the company. It means people are getting less sick and they're utilizing their healthcare services um, with with better knowledge and they're navigating through better. So with that, I think the clinical side is going to go up quite a bit because people are thinking more along the lines of like this virus thing.
2: Yeah. And, and you, you want it to be fun when you go out and work out or want you know eat right. But you know, Karen, like he was talking about. You know, I mean, unless you take it seriously, it maybe is not going to stick, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You, you have to. You, I think there's some saying that you know, if you don't take it seriously now, you will. Yeah. You know, at some point. Yeah. So It'd be too late. It'll yeah, and then it'll be too late and too expensive and too hard and, you know, why 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 wait? Going back to every day is a great day to start being healthier. Um, understanding that, um, I think I was gonna touch on this earlier, the 10,000 steps thing. Um, so we get this a lot on your Fitbit or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Else. yeah. People say, yeah. you know, I don't understand. I'm not losing weight. I'm eating well. I make sure I get the 10,000 steps in <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, are you, are you even getting your heart rate up with those 10,000 steps? Don't let that be a crutch. So, you know, 10,000 steps we are, if you walk, You are conditioned to walk. So 10,000 steps is not really going to do it for you. We've got to get that heart rate up. We've got to get some resistance training involved here. Um, So that's kind of... Uh, this myth, I don't know if you want to call it a myth, but it's yeah. this thing that we try to kind of steer people away from the mindset of that's all that you have to do. So it's sometimes
2: a Effort based. You want somebody to kind of put in some yeah. effort and, and make it just a little bit hard if, if it isn't hard. Well,
0: we ask them. They'll
1: say, you know, we'll say, what are you doing with your exercise program currently? And they'll say, well, I'm getting 10,000 steps. You know, my monitor said that I did, I did that today. And we'll say, OK, well, what is your exercise program? And they'll say, well, I just told you. And we'll say, no, that's random activity. And there's benefits to that. There's a lot of studies out about benefits to 10,000 steps a day, but it is not the go-to as an exercise program for the majority of the population. No matter what the goals are, someone trying to lose weight, gain weight, just create their functional, uh, get their functional capacity up a little bit. Everybody on the planet needs cardiovascular training. Everybody on the planet needs strength training and everybody on the planet needs some kind of functional training. Some are going to be more in one realm and less in others, but We've got to get everybody in that realm. And what people with the 10,000 step programs do a lot of times, they use that as a crutch. They say, oh, I'm not going to go to the gym today because I got my 10,000 steps in or I took the stairs and that's good enough for me. Well, a lot of times that can be a bad message.
2: Yeah. So you just need to push your limits a little bit. Yes. Yes. And I,
0: I think I probably brought that up because what we've noticed is sometimes there are wellness companies or Uh, wellness programs um, in place for for companies. And they really promote the use of the 10,000 steps. And one, it's easy messaging. I mean, you, everybody can understand what that means. Maybe they have, you know, a device that they wear that lets them know once they reach it. So I understand the ease of use of that, but it's sending the wrong message that that's, that's what they do for exercise
2: and one last thing so and just try to keep this uh you know kind of maybe maybe to a sentence or what you guys think is the maybe the biggest thing and again there's like a thousand a list of a thousand things but for you guys what is some, one of the biggest focuses people need to maybe a takeaway for folks in terms of you guys uh, talking your website about um taking action to live well um and that could be you know food working out mental health whatever else but so what do you guys what is the biggest takeaway that people need to from what you guys are able to teach folks?
1: Let's see who has a better one. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to
2: make me go first and yeah, oh, give yeah. some ideas. Well, lady, ladies yeah. first, right? that.
0: Okay. So, so that you can wait and think it about it. It is our anniversary. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest takeaway for me is I, I want people to know. I was going to say I need people. Yeah, I need people to know that you don't have to feel bad all the time. It's not okay to be chronically fatigued and chronically overwhelmed and chronically, um, carrying around excess weight. it It's not okay. Do, do, let's do something about it and stop putting it off. You know, every day is a great day to start. Let's do it now. There's so many, um, things out there that we know that can help, um, you know, check your sources, make sure you're going to the right place, but just be aware that no, it's, it's not okay to feel bad all the time. And you, sometimes you got to just get mad at it. I yeah. guess, yeah. and say, you know what? I'm done feeling bad. I I want to do something, and then be consistent. Yeah, stick yeah. with it,
2: and just like it said, you know, in the Bible, you know, God wants us to have a life and live it more abundantly, not just kind of
0: skate through, you right? Know, perhaps, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're not here just to exist. There is it. It feels so good to feel good. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not, you don't have to live like that.
2: Okay. Let's see if you can beat that Dayton.
1: I'm well, I'll go. (laughs) It's funny because we, we go back and forth all the time and we've got the fitness approach and then we got the, the corporate approach. I'll go the corporate approach. My, (laughs) mine would be what I try to tell people is you need to understand that this is a comprehensive approach when you talk about wellness. It's not just about one thing. It's not, I'm going to do this diet. Or I'm going to do this exercise program that I saw on this TV, on on TV. It is, I'm going to, four major components. I'm going to work on sleep. I'm going to work on stress. I'm going to work on nutrition. I'm going to work on exercise. You get those together, they flow together. If you have one of those out of whack, then it train wrecks the rest of them. So, my message is get that comprehensive approach going. Like we were saying, check your sources of information on where you're getting your information. We like to you know, include with us in the consulting, we only include, include those with uh, academic accreditations, not just certifications. The certifications are fine if they're on top of an academic background. But there is a, a, a lot of folks out there who self-proclaimed experts that uh, you have to watch out for. Um, I personally wouldn't go to, you know, someone for advice on weight loss that didn't have an academic background in the field. It's like going to a doctor who didn't have a medical degree. Um, <laughs> so there is it's good to have cheerleaders. There's a lot of cheerleaders out there. Use those in order to, you know, keep you motivated. But when you're getting the science and the knowledge and the program designs particularly, make sure you're going to the right people.
2: Yeah. All right well thank you very much Dayton and Karen Preston thank you so much for coming by and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, maybe uh, you know getting uh, uh, getting back reopened with a lot of this stuff and getting that corporate wellness going again so, absolutely yeah. All right. thank you guys so much
1: thanks for having us.
2: It was great talking to the Prestons and not only help people corporately, but help people on an individual basis as well. And as they say, every day is a great day to start being healthier. Turning to our final segments of the day, speaking of uh, nutrition and food, here's some uh, food for thought. going to start on the uh, physical or fitness side of things. Uh, It's an article I found from the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's called Why Men's Health Month is So Important. Maybe you didn't know, but the month of June is Men's Health Month. And according to the 2020 CDC report, men in the U.S. on average now die five years earlier than women. They die at higher rates from nine of the top leading causes of death. Dr. Jeanette Weed, a corporate extensive program specialist and professor of uh, family studies at the University of Arkansas, saw Pine Bluffs, she encourages women to talk to men in their lives about, you know, make an appointment for your checkup. You uh, could be your father, your brother, husband, son, friend. Also, you know, encourage them to cook healthy meals and take walks. You know, men can also do their part in helping reduce that gap in lifespan. Uh, you know, you've got to know your preventable risks, create healthy habits, schedule routine tests for early detection, uh, and all kinds of things. You know, of course, diet and exercise are part of that as well. And uh, particularly vulnerable, according to the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, are minority populations. African American men are 30% more likely to die from heart disease, 60% more likely to die from strokes uh, than non-Hispanic white men, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. One factor contributing to that disparity, minority men are less likely to get preventative care and have access to quality health care when they get sick. So we really got to work on that as a society. Making sure everybody has that equal health care across the board, especially minority populations in uh, maybe rural areas. I know uh, one company here in town, nonprofit, that I've talked to and, and dealt with in the past and raised money for through my COVID-19 miles of hope when I ran Those 19 miles a month or two ago was Mercy Med. They're doing some great work in uh, some uh, low-income populations. And on the faith side of things for Food for Thought, an article from the Washington Post I found, very interesting. It's called, Behind Bars He Discovered a Love for Cooking. Now he's feeding as many people as possible. This guy's name is Stephen Albright. He first studied his craft. He was watching TV cooking shows while in prison on domestic violence charges. Albright's now trying to keep Baltimore, Maryland's most vulnerable residents fed during a pandemic as the culinary director at the Franciscan Center in Baltimore. Now, before COVID-19, this group that he's now a part of, they were preparing about 500 meals a day. Now, nearly 7,000 meals over several hours, all destined for the city's homeless, at-risk, aging, and destitute population, which he calls kind of a, a forgotten population. So he doesn't want to just put, you know, a box of food out the door. He actually wants to have restaurant quality meals with healthy, fresh ingredients. Could be like falafel, chicken parmesan, vegetable marinara, uh, and uh, so these are these are things they're making from scratch. So Albright, he can relate to that struggle and uphill climb. He spent nearly six years in prison, and that's where he uh, his passion for food was stoked. The prison food, he said, well, you just had to eat it to live. But uh, he, you know, they, they at one point when he was behind bars, they gave him a microwave, ramen noodles, and he was able to put together this specialty that the inmates called stir fries and hookups. So uh, he enrolled after he got out of prison into Stratford University in Baltimore, got his degree in culinary arts and baking and pastries, and started working in restaurant kitchens, and then went to nonprofits, and now uh, he wants to keep on expanding what they're doing at the Franciscan Center. Uh, and helping people when they are released from prison as well. So great on him for giving back in healthy ways. And our parting gift, usually an inspirational quote or Bible verse, and this is uh, from the words of Apostle Paul in the Bible. It says, quote, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's Romans 12, 21. The NIV version, uh, again, it's very reminiscent of what Martin Luther King Jr. says, You cannot drive out darkness with darkness. Only love can do that. Closing out the podcast now in prayer. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to kind of focus on our health. And uh, God, that we uh, as men and women, black and white, um, any color um, and uh, you know any ethnicity, that we can just focus on uh, helping each other be healthier spiritually, physically, emotionally, and uh, just helping each other uh, and, and having that unity but uh, also making sure that we, we are healthy, first and foremost, that uh, we are doing what we need to do to be healthy so we can help and love others. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful week and uh, learn some stuff from Dayton and Karen Preston. God bless. Make it a great day.